Welcome to the double shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. Oh, hell. Cause you got the purple number on today, looking good. Barney. Barney. Yes. You. Well, producer you JB tried to call you Grimace, and I said, "Mate, that's not on." You actually laughed. You laughed hysterically. <laughs> Maybe you then, said that in your yeah, head. Yeah, but then I said, "That's not on." Afterwards, <laughs> it was funny. What, but then like, I said, "Come on, mate, like, you can't say did, that." She's did, pregnant. Did you whisper it like not in the microphone or? Like? <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah, I'm channeling a little, um, a little bit of Barbie, Barney today. Barbie Barney. Whoa, hey, um, purple. I got a great recommendation for you. Um, now, you might already be across it because I know that your dad was into this as well, but the okay. Walter Isaacson biography on Elon Musk is one of the best books I've read in terms Ooh. of like a nonfiction. So Walter Isaacson, for, for a bit of context, he's probably the best biographer in the world. Steve Jobs went to him before he uh, or when he found out that he was dying and said, Walter, you're my favourite writer. I know you'll paint well, an honest picture of me. I'm not the best guy in the world, um, but I would like my story told. <laughs> You've got unfettered access to everyone. Just tell the real well, story about what I've sort of done with the, the iPhone, the iPads and and all the rest. And you got a very you got you, you actually came away from the book saying Steve Jobs is brilliant, but I don't like him. Um that 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 was at least my take. Um so mm. Elon Musk has done something similar where Walter Isaacson's approached him about it said, here are my conditions. It's got to be unfettered access. You don't get to vet what I write. Ooh. And Elon Musk has, has just said, yep, cool, fine. Um, I'd like kind of the, the story to be told. So what you end up with is a really <laughs> insightful take on Elon Musk. And he goes a lot into his, his upbringing, which has a yes. massive, massive impact on, on the way he is. Uh, but he's got a great story, like mm. sold his first business at the age of 30, which was effectively like Google Maps. He came up with like Google Maps in the late 90s, sold that for $20 million. Uh, then he was part of PayPal, sold that for $220 yeah. million. And then he put all of that money into SpaceX and Tesla. They almost went broke at the end of 2008. And he sort of basically just bet going broke on them sort of turning it around and, and managed Double to down. do so. And then obviously he's, he's gone on and, uh, and recently um, bought, bought Twitter. You get a great insight to the person. I think I might enjoy that, Cass. I mean, look, particularly if it comes out on Audible. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I do like to read, but but sometimes for, for biographies I like to, I like to listen, um, yeah. especially when they're quite detailed. Interesting, you know, because Elon Musk probably got many books that are written about him. He, you know, he's only 52, He's still very young. I mean, mm-hmm. he'll probably have a few more biographies yet to come over the years. Well, he goes into that. He goes into that and he works He works himself like he's all or nothing. Um, yeah. So I think yeah. he's at high risk of burning out because he's literally running, he's CEO of three of the biggest companies in the world right now. Like most people, it's a high um, stress job to run one of the biggest companies in the world and he is running <laughs> yeah. three of them. So, you know, like that. that's... that's Sort of there, and then I, I. What I love about it is is mm. is he Walter Isaacson, the author, draws a lot of analogies between Jobs and and Musk in terms of the way that they have gone about things, the way that they because um, mm. c- you, you sort of come away from the Musk book thinking similar. You're thinking I don't like this guy, but I appreciate he is brilliant. Um, yeah, you know, and and like because he, he, you know, he's he's a unique guy. He he's the chief engineer of SpaceX, a rocket company. Like, 
and he's <laughs> never studied rocket engineering. But he Oh, he hasn't. No. No, but he just questions everything. So he questions everything right down to like, you know, like they they would um, you know, like they, he tells this great story about how they've got to get a, you know, um they get a contract from NASA. And they've got to go and build a, um, a a part of the rocket that it needs aircon, and the air conditioning um, part costs three million dollars. Oh my god! And and Musk is in there, and he just sits in an open cubicle in the office, and he says three million dollars, and he talks to the, the lady next door to him, who's the president. They're all just in open cubicles, and he says, "What's her what's her aircon cost in a house?" And she says, "Oh, six thousand." He said, six, it can't cost $3 million to make it. Like go and buy uh, like real heavy industrial air conditioners and let's go and make it ourselves. And they go and make this air conditioning for $300,000 that would cost <laughs> $3 million. That's just the way that he kind of approaches every problem is he questions everything. Geez, he'd be a bit pain in the ass husband, wouldn't he? Why, well, you know, you know he's, he's got... I think he's up to like his tenth kid with his fourth, fifth partner. So, and that you know, it goes like, goes into you? that as well. Anyway, so yeah. great read, great read. Highly recommend. Thank you. Well, you know, it's a bit of a juxtaposition to be talking about a guy sending uh, rockets and maybe eventually people into space um, and changing the auto vehicle world and electric vehicle world to uh, the more local matters here. <laughs> Yeah. Of us trying to repurpose buildings um, built for commercial office tenancy into residential. Seems like a really obvious and easy solution, doesn't it, Cuz? I know it's not, but I feel like if uh, our man Elon Musk got his mittens onto it, he'd probably be able to figure out how we could do it much more cost efficiently and faster than we're doing now. But I think a lot of uh, a lot of property organisations like your PCA, your Property Council of Australia, are coming out and saying, hey, we've run a report, we're running reports, and it can be done. Well, I guess, you know, they're looking at every possible solution, right, to the housing crisis right now. Yeah. Um, uh, vacancy rates in Australian housing sitting at about 1%. The vacancy mm. rate of offices around Australia is like 10 or 12%, 15% percent in some areas. So you've got a lot of vacant office buildings and, and naturally the right oh, question Lord. to ask is, well, why can't we turn them into residential housing? Um, exactly. And, and, you know, the, 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 I think the property council has identified in Melbourne alone, there would be potentially up to 12,000 new homes that could be built from converting uh, the office buildings. But it isn't that easy because a lot of them are like big floor plates mm. with windows on the outside and it's very hard to get natural light in. That's so right. You, you, you know, the challenge is not having these big dark boxes for people to live in. That's um, right. Which maybe, you know, you could ma- mount an argument that's better than nothing. But Well, um, that's true. The I mean, like y- there is another level of compliance when it comes to residential, right? Like, you know, the the fresh air, the, the windows, um, even sort of the balconies. And all that. I think you're right. They've identified that there could be 12,000 new homes, and that's across 86 buildings, and that's yeah. through Melbourne CBD. So in the in the heart of the the working hub, obviously, and the heart of the public transport hub. Yeah. So it's you know it feels like such an easy plug and play, if you will. But you can't do these things unless it's feasible. And right now, it's not really feasible. It's actually very expensive as well. 
um, for for companies to do. So, mm. I mean, geez, if some of these developers are sitting on or, or landlords are sitting on these massive assets, wondering, geez, you know, like what what can I do? Can I contribute to the residential housing crises? Um, or do I just wait until maybe commercial office comes back? And I think we need to pop that question over to Elon. I think you're right. All right, JB, sorry, bud, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but we have been really, I guess, on your journey, if you will, as a uh, as one of many first home buyers across the country who are going to auctions, missing out, getting outbid, um, you know, getting a little bit frustrated, trying to use the one of the many incentives that are available to first home buyers in Australia. You might have you might have locked something down. We don't want to we don't want to call it yet. Um, but can you tell us and do you mind sharing w- with us what incentive or, or first home buyer scheme that uh, you will be sitting under? Sure. So the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> oh, don't, I don't have a choice here. So Johnny on the spot. Um, yeah. Now the <laughs> the scheme that we're going under my partner and I uh, is the first home guarantee scheme. Uh, which the the benefit for us with that scheme is that it allows you to go into uh, an existing property. It doesn't have to be a new or off the plan or uh, anything like that. It, it can, yeah, it can be existing. Uh, the only real, uh, I guess, that there are a bunch of guidelines, but the main guideline, I guess, that uh, we're having to follow and pay a close attention to is uh, the. The, basically the amount of the, the property, it can't exceed. Maximum price. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So there's, there's basically a, a price cap on, uh, and every state and uh, region is is different. Uh, they offer oh. a lookup tool so you can put in a postcode and see exactly for that postcode what the, postcode. the cap is. Yeah, so... Um, oh, it's not even, so it's not by state, it's by postcode. Yeah, well, the, the, it is by state. Oh However, God. the regional... Uh, properties yes. uh, have a, a, a higher Hello. cap, basically. Oh, sorry. The yeah. So the the ba- like the main uh, like city centers, I suppose, have a higher cap. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So the for, yeah for us the the benefit was that it was an existing because uh, that can kind of uh, keep the price down in in certain cases. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's it's something where uh, I've only really found out a lot of the information recent. So I, I don't want to spit out too many facts because I, I, I okay. might jumble you, them out. That, that has been the main criticism from Sydney siders is the price cap. Like I think the yeah. cap in Sydney is 900,000, whereas yeah, the median is, house price is like 1.3, 1.4 million. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I think, you know, like Brisbane it's 700,000, um, whereas the median house price is like 8,850. So it's a lot closer to that median um, price. Um, mm. But what the government has done uh, from a, a numbers perspective, is they have increased the number of p- people that they're uh, sort of taking in for this scheme. By the way, scheme seems to have a, a negative connotation. Is it just me or does scheme sound Ske- like dodgy? I think it's because, you know, we've all watched movies when we were kids and, and the, the evil people were scheming. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Scheming my plan. It's, the, it's what they call it. The scheme is allowing 50,000 people this financial year, whereas there was only 20,000 positions offered uh, last year. So what a, what an amazing incentive. What an amazing sorry, opportunity for people. We, They've we more than doubled the number. And sorry, we, we haven't, sorry, JB, I was waiting for you to mention it, but we haven't talked about what it is. <laughs> what do you get? Oh, so. Um, what do they contribute? So you, you only need to bring in a, well, a minimum 5% deposit. Uh, 5%. Yeah, 5%, and in which the government basically 
guarantees the remainder of that 20% deposit. Uh, so that they, they basically have a portion of the title um, until you either like refinance or you, you kind of get above that uh, 20% margin. And James, that's the same one you're talking about as well. So, yeah. so first home buyers put in 5%, government puts in 15% and then you borrow the balance 80% from the bank. Yeah. Well, I think you borrow you borrow ninety five, yeah, exactly. don't you? Yeah, and they, they treat it as a um an eighty oh percent LVR. So you don't you don't you get don't pay mortgage insurance, and the government guarantees the other fifteen in the event that you know you defaulted on your loan. And they've increased that; they've doubled that. More than doubled, yeah, from twenty thousand to fifty thousand. So good on the government. Oh, well, good on the government. That that yeah. is real help for first-time buyers and affordability, doing things like that. Especially if it's uh, if it's established as well as new there. So, JB, I'm thinking of you, bud, you and Elza, and uh, big, big congrats and good luck. Hope you do it. Thank you. Now, I've been feeling a very, very inspired lately because I've been seeing this, I don't know, is it a company, business, and whatever, BYD, build your dreams. And I think, you know, God, how lovely is that? But... But peculiarly, it's in the AFR and you know, financial review, I should say, and the the Australian things like this. What is build your dreams? I don't. I thought you know I was just getting a little daily dose of motivation, but looks like it might be an actual legitimate business. Yeah, well, it's it's the it's soon to be the biggest electric car maker in the world. It's 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 basically the Chinese Tesla. Um, it's the Chinese Tesla, and and and, and to to paint some context, Tesla are nearly doing half a million cars a year. That's sort of where they're at. They're at about 435,000. BYD, so it's been shortened to BYD because I think originally (laughs) it was called Build Your Dreams, but I'd imagine the marketing folks sort of said, look, it's really hard to get Build Your Dreams out there. Um, We probably need something that's a bit easier for people to say. So they've gone with BYD. Oh, Build Your Dreams? Yeah. If if you see the earlier... You you notice them everywhere at the moment. They're everywhere in Australia. The BYD cars. If you oh, see an I've older noticed. model, you will see that it literally says "Build Your Dreams" on the car, which looks it's like quite long. It's hard to make out. Whereas the more modern sort of uh, recent versions are just BYD. In any event, so they funny. will do uh, four hundred thirty thousand cars this year. So they have nearly caught Tesla. And if you add in their hybrids, they'll do eight hundred twenty thousand cars. So there are. Massive, the fastest growing car company in the world right now. Wow. And they've got some serious like um, credibility to them because their biggest backers is none other than the Oracle of Omaha himself, Warren Buffett is one of their biggest shareholders, along with Bill Gates, uh, founder of Microsoft. So uh, some big hitters getting behind the, the main kind of competitor to Tesla in the world right now. I mean, it, it was bound to happen at some point, right? Like there was going to be another huge EV player and little did I know it was, they're already there. <laughs> they're already there. I, I've genuinely not heard of Build Your Dreams, but I feel inspired just talking about them. Well, they're slightly cheaper, as you would expect probably. Um, they're yeah. slightly cheaper than the, the Tesla vehicles, but um, yeah, you'll see them everywhere now. Trust me, you will see the BYD everywhere. Oh, you, you've messed me up. Proper. And if you if you if you're driving around listening right now, and you happen to be lucky enough <laughs> to come across one of those early models that says "Build Your Dreams" across it, 
I recommend trying to get a photo. Obviously, not while you're driving. But no, not while you drive. Build your dreams. But you know what? Can I just say that um, Teslas are also built in China as well, um, and and a little bit in in Germany and the US. So just, just saying, like, I mean, you know. well, yeah, I think Tesla. Are, having read that book recently, I think Tesla are getting out of China. But oh. that's another point. Hey, um. I think, you know, maybe from here I'll just finish on some nice positive news if I can. I'll, I'll leave you with this. The construction cost inflation has increased at its slowest rate since Praise 2015. It only went up by 0.2% um, in the last month, which is basically running at one one just over 1% for the year. So the cost of building a house might finally be slowing down. Oh, you know, that is a load off. Eight years. The slowest in eight years. Yep. Like way before any COVID anything. Yes. Wow. Yep. So just over, what is it? Just over two, two and a half percent uh, so far, which is under the inflation rate. So you, you're seeing, seeing now that if inflation's still happening, it's being less and less caused by the cost of constructing a, a house. Seems so, seems so. Look, and I mean, there's there's some discussions around will it go down, will it sort of plateau, stay the same? I mean, will it go down? I can't see it going down anytime soon, that's for sure. Maybe, maybe a fraction, but we're certainly not going to revisit the days uh, of, of pre-COVID and, and perhaps not even 2015, whatever. No. Whatever it was to build a house back then. You know? Hey, um, I've got a nice quiet weekend and in, nice quiet weekend in plan this weekend, you got any good shows that you've been binging lately that I could have a look at? Um, yeah, I, I binged a show on Disney recently called Will Trent. Um, kind of like Disney. Back, back to your, yeah, I know. Yeah, I too know, many subscriptions. One out, one in. I had to get rid of Stan. Yeah, I had to get rid yeah. of Stan to get Disney, but I might go back to Stan. I'm not sure. Mm. Hey, question for you. Um, you royally stuffed up Han's birthday when you were sick two weeks ago. What, what, like you, you left her in the, what, did you buy the earrings that I, I recommend, you know, did you, did you make up for it? Okay, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Well, Hannah listens to this, so I'm not overly thrilled about you bringing (laughs) this up. No, well, look, it wasn't your fault that you got influenza the week of her birthday, so... But it just, well, the ball, the ball thing, you know, like she had to not only celebrate her birthday alone, but uh, do all the heavy lifting with little Davy, who's like what eight, seven, seven months yeah. old now. So, well, in, in fairness, in fairness to me, <laughs> I got the flu. So it was her birthday on a Wednesday, and I got the flu on the Tuesday. So that that sort of took me out of action. Um, in after fairness a, to after her, a boys' weekend away. <laughs> in fairness to her, I probably could have bought the gift before the Tuesday, prior to her birthday. Uh, and that's on me. And then, and then, yes, you're right. Um, she's taken five or six days of basically sole parenting because I wasn't. I was wanting to not get little Davy sick. And um, fair enough. Fair and enough. yeah, probably just, probably just a bit much to have to do that. And you know, no one got her a birthday gift on her birthday, and I'm the main person that could have done that that lives with her. So yeah, I had to make up for it last weekend and you came to the rescue because I was trying to get onto her sister, Ellen. I was looking at jewellery to make it up and and uh, Ellen <laughs> wasn't answering. So you were my next go-to and you you did some some serious Sherlock Holmes stuff. You went through her Instagram, identified, you know, the type True. of earring that she might be likely to like just, and then started, started flicking me links. So thank you because I absolutely, uh, I'm not, 
I wouldn't say that I made up for it, but I certainly got myself back to level position. So I'm no longer <laughs> in negative territory. I'm not in positive territory, but I'm sort of even again. Look, you know, you can't be blamed for getting the flu. It, it just was terrible timing. You'd, you'd had a boys terrible weekend, timing. a grand final in Melbourne. You obviously got sick with all the Collingwood supporters. You flew back and uh, you were just in, in no shape and it was Han's birthday. But look, I'm, I just wanted to check in and, you know, whilst we were recording, I suppose, sure, but just wanted to check in, you know, make <laughs> yeah. sure oh, it's yeah. all good now. Um, yeah. Do I need to trawl the the internet for, you know, other things that we can get done <laughs> to no. just help you out? No. No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So that's the and lesson, sorry, fellas, Anne. if you're listening. Try to, try to be a little bit more prepared, but I guess, you know, you never can be entirely if you do get the flu, can you? Well, I thought... Can't plan for that. I thought Tuesday, I had a quiet day the Tuesday, purposely engineered that way after a long weekend to get a day to catch up on stuff. I thought that's going to be plenty of time to just duck away to a Westfield and, and get a gift, uh, but I got sick, so... Oh, the universe had other plans, buddy. Yeah. The lurgy. <laughs> Han, if you're listening, uh, you know, if you're not happy, send through. Send through. Um, don't. Please learn. don't. Stop listening now, Han. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend, Cuz. I'll, uh, nice I'll see you next weekend. week. Bloody brilliant. Unless baby comes. Unless baby comes. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.